Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original, uh, sorry, for online edition, if you mouse over the link on the top menu that says online edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same top menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 25, The Remedy, with Section 4, The Fundamental Law of Perception, and Section 5, The Joining of Mind. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lessons of the day. Today, leave today to be lesson. 269, my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. And that will be led by friend as usual this morning. Hmm. So let me ask you, Lori, do you have one of your lovely noetic openings for the call? Well, I do. Mine, I was really uh, gifted with this one. It's a poem from Rumi called Garden Beyond Paradise. It's so reflective of Christ's vision. Everything you see has its roots in the unseen world. The forms may change, yet the essence remains the same. Every wondrous sight will vanish, every sweet word will fade, but do not be disheartened. The source they come from is eternal, growing, branching out, giving new life and new joy. Why do you weep? That source is within you and the whole world is springing up from it. The source is full. Its waters are ever-flowing. Do not grieve, drink your fill. Don't think it will ever run dry. This is the endless ocean. Mm, my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. Amen. Beautiful. Thank Amen. you, Lori. Beautiful, Lori. Amen. Thank you, Lori. That was a gift. Thanks. Okay. This morning, 
I have with us and reading, I have uh, Harrison, Fran, Lori, Jennifer, Patricia, Judy, Jessica, and Sandra. And with us in listening, I have Karen and Robin Marie. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to be on either the reading list or just say good morning? I did listening. Oh, I sorry. I was right there on top. Yes, I was on top of the list. Good listening. Thank you, Harrison. And, uh, okay, I will go ahead and get us started then with Chapter 25, The Remedy, Section 4, The Fundamental Law of Perception. To the extent to which you value guilt, to that extent will you perceive a world in which attack is justified. To the extent to which you recognize that guilt is meaningless, to that extent will you perceive attack cannot be justified. This is in strict accord with vision's fundamental law. You see what you believe is there, and you believe it there because you want it there. Perception has no law other than no other law than this. Perception has no other law than this. The rest but stems from this to hold it up and offer it support. This is perception's form adapted to this world of God's more basic law that love creates itself and nothing but itself. And Harrison. Chapter 25, The Remedies, Section 4, The Fundamental Law of Perception. 23, to the extent to which you value guilt, to that extent will you perceive a world in which attack is justified. To the extent to which you recognize that guilt is meaningless, to that extent would you perceive attack cannot be justified. This is in strict accord with vision's fundamental law. You see what you believe is there and you believe it there because you want it there. Perception has no other law than this. The rest but stems from this to hold it up and offer it support. This is perception's form 
adapted to this world of God's more basic law, that love creates itself and nothing but itself. 24. God's laws do not obtain directly to a world perception rules. For such a world could not have been created by the capital M, mind, to which perception has no meaning. Yet are his laws reflected everywhere. Not that the world where this reflection is is real at all. Only because his sons believe it is. And from his sons believe he could not let himself be separate entirely. He could not enter his son's insanity with him, but he could be sure his sanity went there with him, so he cannot be lost forever in the madness of his wish. Thank you, Harrison. And friend. 24. God's laws do not obtain directly to a world perception rules. For such a world could not have been created by the mind to which perception has no meaning. Yet are his laws reflected everywhere. Not that the world where this reflection is, is real at all. Only because his son believes it is. And from his son's belief, he could not let himself be separate entirely. He could not enter his son's insanity with him, but he could be sure his sanity went there with him, so he could not be lost forever in the madness of his wish. 25. Perception rests on choosing. Knowledge does not. Knowledge has but one law because it has but one creator. But this world has two who made it, and they do not see it as the same. To each it has a different purpose, and to each it is a perfect means to serve the goal for which it is perceived. For specialness, it is the perfect frame to set it off, the perfect battleground to wage its wars, the perfect shelter for the illusions which it would make real, not one but it upholds in its perception, not one but can be fully justified. Well, thank you, Bram. And Lori. Uh, 25. Perception rests on choosing. Knowledge does not. Knowledge has but one law because it has but one creator. But this world has two who made it, and they do not see it as the same. To each it has a different purpose, and to each it is a perfect means to serve the goal for which it is perceived. For specialness, it is the perfect frame to set it off, set it off, the 
perfect battleground to wage its wars, the perfect shelter for the illusions which would make it real. Not one but it upholds in its perception, not one but can be fully justified. In 26, there is another capital maker of the world, the simultaneous capital corrector of the mad belief that anything could be established and maintained without some link that kept it still within the laws of God. Not as the law itself upholds the universe as God created it, but in some form adapted to the need the Son of God believes he has. Corrected error is the error's end, and thus has God protected still his Son, even in error. There is another purpose in the world that error made because it has another capital maker who can reconcile its goal with his creator's purpose. In his perception of the world, nothing is seen but justifies forgiveness and the sight of perfect sinlessness. Nothing arises but is met with instant and complete forgiveness. Thank you, Lori and Jennifer. 26. There is another maker of the world, the simultaneous corrector of the mad belief that anything could be established and maintained without some link that kept it still within the laws of God. Not as the law itself upholds the universe as God created it, but in some form adapted to the need the Son of God believes he has. Corrected error is the error's end. And thus has God protected still his Son even in error. There is another purpose in the world that error made because it has another maker who can reconcile its goal with his creator's purpose. In his perception of the world, nothing is seen but justifies forgiveness and the sight of perfect sinlessness. Nothing arises but is met with instant and complete forgiveness. 27. Nothing remains an instant to obscure the sinlessness that shines unchanged beyond the pitiful attempt of specialness to put it out of mind where it must be and the light the body and light the body up instead of it. The lamps of heaven are not for it to choose to see them where it will. If it elects to see them elsewhere from their home, as if they lit a place where they could never be, and you agree, then must the maker of the world correct your error. Least you remain in darkness where the lamps are not. Everyone here has entered darkness, yet no one has entered it alone. 
<laughs> Nor need he, he stay more than an instant. For he has come with heaven's help within him, ready to lead him out of darkness into the light at any time. Thank you, Jennifer. And Patricia. 27. Nothing remains an instant to obscure the sinlessness that shines unchanged beyond the pitiful attempts of specialness to put it out of mind where it must be and light the body up instead of it. The lamps of heaven are not for it to choose to see them where it will. If it elects to see them elsewhere from their home as if they lit a place where they could never be and you agree then must the maker of the world correct your error lest you remain in darkness where the lamps are not everyone here has entered darkness yet no one has entered it alone nor need he stay more than an instant for he has come with heaven's help within him ready to lead him out of darkness into light at any time 28 the time he chooses can be any time for help is there awaiting but his choice and when he chooses to avail himself of what is given him then will he see each situation that he thought before was means to justify his anger turned to an event which justifies his love he will hear plainly that the calls to war he heard before are really calls to peace he will perceive that where he gave attack is but another altar where he can with equal ease and far more happiness bestow forgiveness and he will and he will reinterpret all temptation as just another chance to bring him joy how can a misperception be a sin let 
all your brother's errors be to you nothing except a chance for you to see, a chance for you to see the workings of the helper given you to see the world he made instead of yours. Thank you. Thank you, Tricia and Judy. Thank you. Patricia and Lemoyne, 28. The time he chooses can be any time, for help is there awaiting but his choice. And when he chooses to avail himself of what is given him, then he will see, he will, then will he see each situation that he thought before was a means to justify his anger, turned to an event which justifies his love. He will hear plainly what the calls to war he heard before are really calls to peace. He will perceive that where he gave attack is but another altar where he can with equal ease and far more happiness bestow forgiveness. And he will reinterpret all temptation it's just another chance to bring him joy. How can this perception be a sin? Let all your brother's heirs be to you nothing except a chance for you to see the workings of the capital helper given you to see the world capital he made instead of yours. Wahoo. 29. What then is justified? What do you want? For these two questions are the same. What then is justified? What do you want? For these two questions are the same. And when you see them as, as the same, your choice is made. For it is seeing them as one that brings relief from the belief that there are two ways to see. This world has much to offer to your peace and many chances to extend your own your own forgiveness. Such its purpose is to those who want to see peace and to see forgiveness. Descend on them and offer them the light. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And Jessica. <clears throat> okay, 29. What then is justified? What do you want? For these two questions are the same. And when you see them as the same, your choice is made. For it is seeing them as one that brings release from the belief there are two ways to see. This world has much to offer to your peace and many chances to extend your own forgiveness. Such its purpose is to those who want 
to see peace and forgiveness descend on them and offer them the light. 30. The maker of the world of gentleness has perfect power to offset the world of violence and hate that seems to stand between you and his gentleness. It is not there in his forgiving eyes, and therefore it need not be there in yours. Sin is the fixed belief perception cannot change. What has been damned is damned and damned forever, being forever unforgivable. If then it is forgiven, sin's perception must have been wrong, and thus is change made possible. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit too, sees what he sees as far beyond the chance of change. But on his vision, sin cannot encroach, for sin has been corrected by his sight, and thus it must have been an error, not a sin. For what it claimed could never be has been. Sin is attacked by punishment and so preserved. But to forgive it is to change its state from error into truth. Thank you, Jessica, my friend. And Sandra. 30. The maker of the world of gentleness has perfect power to offset the world of violence and hate that seems to stand between you and his gentleness. It is not there in his forgiving eyes. It is not there in his forgiving eyes, capital H. And therefore, it need not be there in yours. Sin is the fixed belief perception cannot change. What has been damned is damned and damned forever, being forever unforgivable. If then it is forgiven, sin's perception must have been wrong, and thus is change made possible. The Holy Spirit, too, sees what he sees as far beyond the chance of change. But on his vision, sin cannot encroach, for sin has been corrected by his sight. And thus, it must have been in an error, not a sin. For what it claimed could never have, for what it claimed could never be, has been. Sin is attacked by punishment and so preserved. But forgive it is the change its state from but to forgive it is to change its state from error to truth 31 the son of god could never sin but he can wish for what could hurt him and he has the power to think he can be hurt what could this be except a misperception of himself is this a sin or a mistake Forgivable or not? Does he need help or condemnation? Is it your purpose that he be saved or damned? Forgetting not that what he is to you will make this choice your future. For you make it now 
the instant when all time becomes a means to reach a goal. Make then your choice, but recognize that in this choice the purpose of the world you see is chosen and will be justified. Thank you, Sandra. And <clears throat> is there a new reader for 31 and then into uh, to roll into the next section with section title at 32? I can read the morning. It's Lana. Good morning, everyone. Great. Thanks, Lana. Mm-hmm. 31. The Son of God could never sin, but he, can, but he can wish for what would hurt him. And he has the power to think he can be hurt. What could this be except the misperception of himself? Is this a sin or a mistake, forgivable or not? Does he need help or condemnation? Is it your purpose that he be saved or damned? Forgetting not that what he is to you will make this choice your future. For you make it now, the instant when all time becomes a means to reach a goal. Make then your choice. But recognize that in this choice, the purpose of the world you see is chosen and will be justified. Uh, Chapter 25, The Remedy, Section 5, The Joining of Minds. 32, minds that are joined and recognize they are, can feel no guilt, for they cannot attack, and they rejoice that this is so, seeing their safety in this happy fact. Their joy is in the innocence they see, and thus they seek for it because it is their purpose to behold it and rejoice. Everyone seeks for what will bring him joy as he defines it. It is not the aim as such that varies, yet it is the way in which the aim is seen that makes the choice of means inevitable and beyond the hope of change unless the aim is changed. And then the means are chosen once again as what will bring rejoicing is defined another way and sought for and so, and sought for differently thank you lena <clears throat> and is there another new reader for 32 and 3 Another new reader for 32 and 3. Okay, back to you, Harrison. 
Chapter 25, the remedy, section 5, the joining of minds. 32, minds that are joined and recognize they are can feel no guilt. For they cannot attack and they rejoice that this is so, seeing their safety in this happy fact. Their joy is in the innocence they see, and thus they seek for it because it is their purpose to behold it and rejoice. Everyone seeks for what will bring him joy as he defines it. It is not the aim as such that varies, yet it is the way in which the aim is seen that makes the choice of means inevitable and beyond the hope of change unless the aim is changed. And then the means are chosen once again, as what will bring rejoicing is defined another way and sought for differently. 33. Perception's basic law can thus be said you will rejoice at what you see because you see it to rejoice. Close quote. And while you think that suffering and sin will bring you joy, so long will they be there for you to see. Nothing is harmful or beneficent apart from what you wish. It is your wish that makes it what it is and its effects on you. Because you chose it as a means to gain the same effects, believing them to be the bringers of rejoicing and of joy. Even in heaven does this law obtain. The Son of God creates to bring him joy, sharing his Father's purpose in his own creation, that his joy might be increased and God's alone with him. I'm sorry. Let me read that sentence again. The Son of God creates to bring him joy, sharing his Father's purpose in his own creation that his joy might be increased and God's 
along with his. Thank you, Harrison. And Fran. 33. Perception's basic law could thus be said, quote, you will rejoice at what you see because you see it to rejoice, unquote. And while you think that suffering and sin will bring you joy, so long will they be there for you to see. Nothing is harmful or beneficent apart from what you wish. It is your wish that makes it what it is in its effects on you. Because you chose it as a means to gain these same effects, believing them to be the bringers of rejoicing and of joy, even in heaven does this law obtain. The Son of God creates to bring him joy. Excuse me. The Son of God creates to bring him joy, sharing his Father's purpose in his own creation, that his joy might be increased in God's along with his. 34. You makers of a world that is not so, take rest and comfort in another world where peace abides. This world you bring with you to all the weary eyes and tired hearts that look on sin and beat its sad refrain. From you can come their rest. From you can rise a world they will rejoice to look upon and where their hearts are glad. In you there is a vision which extends to all of them and covers them in gentleness and light. And in this widening world of light, the darkness they thought was there is pushed away until it is but distant shadows. Far away, not long to be remembered as the sun shines them to nothingness. And all their quote-unquote evil thoughts and quote-unquote sinful hopes, their dreams of guilt, and merciless revenge, and every wish to hurt and kill and die will disappear before the sun you bring. Thank you, Bren. And Lori. You makers of a world that is not so, take rest and comfort in another world where peace abides. This world you bring with you to all the weary eyes and tired hearts that look on sin and beat its sad refrain. From you can come their rest. From you can rise a world they will rejoice to look upon and where their hearts are glad. In you there is a vision which extends to all of them and covers them in gentleness and light. And in this widening world of light, The darkness they thought was there is pushed away until it is but distant shadows, far away, not long to be remembered as the sun shines them to nothingness. And all their so-called evil thoughts and so-called sinful hopes, their dreams of guilt and merciless revenge, and every wish to hurt and kill and die will disappear before the sun you bring. 35. Would you not do this for the love of God and for yourself? For think what it would do for you. Your so-called evil thoughts that haunt you now will seem increasingly remote and far away from you. 
and they go farther and farther off because the sun in you has risen that they may be pushed away before the light. They linger for a while, a little while, in twisted forms too far away for recognition and are gone forever. And in the sunlight you bring, in, in the sunlight, you will stand in quiet, in innocence, and wholly unafraid. And from you will the rest you found extend, so that your peace can never fall away and leave you homeless. Those who offer peace to everyone have found a home in heaven the world cannot destroy for it is large enough to hold the world within its peace. Thank you, Lori. And Jennifer. 35. Would you not do this for the love of God and for yourself? But think what it would do for you, your quote-unquote evil thoughts that haunt you now will seem increasingly remote and far away from you. And it will go farther and farther off because the sun in you has risen that they may be pushed away before the light. They linger for a while a little while, in twisted form, too far away for recognition, and and are gone forever. And in the sunlight, you will stand in quiet, in innocence, and wholly unafraid. And from you will the rest of you found extend so that your peace can never fall away and leave you homeless. Those who offer peace to everyone have found a home in heaven. The world cannot destroy, for it is large enough to hold the world within its peace. In you is all of heaven. Every leaf that falls is given life in you. Each bird that ever sang will sing again in you. And every flower that ever ever bloomed has saved its perfume and its loveliness for you. What aim can supersede the will of God and of his Son that heaven be restored to him for whom it was created as his only home? Nothing before and nothing after it. No other place, no other state, nor time. Nothing beyond nor nearer. Nothing else. In any form, this can you bring to all the world and all the thoughts that entered it and were mistaken for a little while. How better could your own mistakes be brought to truth than by your willingness to bring the light of heaven 
with you as you walk beyond the world of darkness into light. Thank you, Jennifer and Patricia. 36. In you is all of heaven. Every leaf that falls is given life in you. Each bird that ever sang will sing again and again and again in you. And every flower that ever bloomed has saved its perfume and its loveliness for you. What aim can supersede the will of God and his Son that heaven be restored to him for whom it was created as his only home? Nothing before you Nothing before and nothing after it. No other place, no other state, nor time. Nothing beyond nor nearer. Nothing else. In any form, this can bring this you. I'm going to back up a minute. That nothingness, nothing before and nothing after it. No other place, no other state, not nor time. Nothing beyond nor nearer. Nothing else in any form. This can you bring to all the world and all the thoughts that entered it and were mistaken for a little while. How better could your own mistakes be brought to truth than by your willingness to bring the light of heaven with you as you walk beyond the world into Excuse me. <laughs> you bring the light of heaven with you as you walk beyond the world of darkness into light. Thank you. Thanks, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. <clears throat> Oh, thank you, everyone who read. Um, I don't want to do that again, but uh, we'll pass the top of the hour. So I'll hand it over to you, friend, to lead us in uh, the short form of the lesson for the day. Great. Great. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. And the theme that we're on is, what is the body? And today's lesson is lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. 
So she'll read some from What is the Body, and then we'll go to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. The body will not stay, yet this he sees as double safety, quote-unquote, for the Son of God's impermanence is, quote-unquote, proof his fences work and do the task his mind assigns to them. For if his oneness still remained untouched, who could attack and who could be attacked? Who could be victor? Who could be his prey? Who could be victim? Who the murderer? And if he did not die, what quote-unquote proof is there that God's eternal son can be destroyed? The body is a dream. Like other dreams, it sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. Made to be fearful must the body serve the purpose given it. But we can change the purpose which the body will obey by changing what we think that it is for. The body is the means by which God's Son returns to sanity. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. I ask your blessing on my sight today. It is the means which you have chosen to become the way to show me my mistakes and look beyond them. It has given me to find a new perception through the guide you gave to me and through his lessons to surpass perception and return to truth. I ask for the illusion which transcends all those I have made. Today, I choose to see a world forgiven in which everyone shows me the face of Christ and teaches me that what I look upon belongs to me, that nothing is except your Holy Son. Today, our sight is blessed indeed. We share one vision as we look upon the face of him whose self is ours. We are one because of him who is the Son of God, of him who is our own identity. Lesson 269, my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. There are five minutes.
Lesson 269. My sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. Amen. Amen. That was great, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, Beautiful. Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. I find this one, this is Fran again. Oh, I'm sorry. So Fran. Okay. I find this one a little tricky. I'm not exactly sure I know about this one. So if anyone has any suggestions, I'm open. Go ahead, Harrison. Thank you. Well, what are you unclear about, Fran? What statements that would help us? The first one, my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. Gotcha. Again. Go ahead, hon. You guys go. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I talk all the time. Go ahead. Well, you know how sometimes it seems like you've never had a, done that lesson before, how that lesson always feels new? Has that ever happened to any of you guys? This one is mm-hmm. beginning. I'm getting that feeling with yes. this one. <laughs> yes, all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All the time, friend. Thank you. All the time, friends, another one here, Patricia sharing. I got a sudden flash of me asking the exact same question. And I think it was on, it was a year ago, I believe, or so, on last 269. And so I I suddenly am reliving it. So I'll quickly share what happened to me, friend. It was where then I heard back when I, you know, I asked and, when I'm silent long enough, I get an answer really fast. And it was, well, look right there. She is the face of Christ. And it was uh, a woman, and uh, we were, like, in a um, group, and and it was, uh, right, that's okay. So I'm acknowledging, so I'm kind of talking to my God voice and um Okay, so this is the face of Christ. Yeah, this is what we're saying. Now now see see this as see her as that. Okay, I can do that. And then I'd start to get a thought of, Oh, why did she say that? Oh, I don't know about and then any time I would begin to do any sort of judgment towards this wonderful friend of mine, I couldn't get away with it because my question was getting answered really quickly was just, Patricia, this is the face of Christ. You wouldn't say that to Christ, would you? 
like, look again. And then I realized how much chatter is going on in my head that was completely needed to get cleaned out, sort of like a messy drawer or even a room that you can't walk through anymore. So I got an answer with every single thought I would have about that person, what was coming out of their face, I would be told, think again, girl. This is literally Christ before you. And I used her, actually, as a continuing teacher for me. And it, it was about six months hun, before it really became automatic. It, it sort of manually sort of went, oh, wait a minute, this is literally Christ talking to me? Would Christ really say that? Listen again, honey, and you'll hear what Christ is saying. It took about six months, and now, oh, do I ever love to be around her especially? But this idea of look again, this is literally the face of Christ in front of you. Thank you for helping me remember that less than a year ago. Thank you. Well, thank Thank you you for for sharing that. that. Yeah, that was beautiful, Patricia. Just beautiful. Wow, thanks, Patricia. Chiming in. Yay. My friend, this is Harrison. I've experienced exactly what you're saying. Um, as year after year, we go through these lessons, and even the text we do, um, questions arise, and uh, uh, thank you, Patricia, because I think that really goes to the heart of this idea of Christ's face. To me, Christ's face symbolizes the innocence of God's Son. And to look upon Christ's face means to look upon my brother's Endlessly. I think Patricia's example was a perfect one. It's uh, so easy to see uh, my brothers uh, as good or bad beautiful or ugly (laughs) uh, and to focus on their behavior and judge them by their behavior. But if I choose to see the face of Christ and all of my sisters and brothers 
and recognize that they have done nothing wrong in the eyes of Christ. It doesn't matter what their behavior might look like through my physical eyes. In the eyes of Christ, they are sinless, blameless, and that there is no difference between them and me. There's no difference between them and Jesus or anyone else I hold in high esteem. So in the prayer, he says, I ask your blessing on my side today. It is the means which you have chosen to become the way to show me my mistakes and look beyond them. When I see my brother or sister as behaving in ways that I don't approve of, I'm seeing my mistakes. I am imposing on them how I truly see myself. Because who they are is as God created them. And if I see anything else, it's my projection as to how I choose to see them. If I withdraw that projection and see with the eyes of Christ, then I will see Christ's face instead of what I thought was there. I'm complete. Beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Yeah. Wow, Harrison, that was great. Thank you so much. Oh, that was beautiful, Harrison. All the years were. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. This is Jennifer um, and everyone here. Um, one thing that's coming to mind for me is um, I've noticed, I kind of look in reflection that when I ask, like um, um, anybody here asks for the truth, in a moment, sometimes I'll get the truth. Um, and And then the in the Christ within me, you know, speaks uh, to my holy brothers and sisters, whoever's there. And um, 
But that's like a notable event when I was unconscious. <laughs> like all of a sudden I just like come up from underneath the mire and go, I want the truth in this. This is so painful to be otherwise. And sometimes it would come right away. Uh, one thing I want to point out from, from myself is that just to, to daily reflect on what am I, how am I showing up in the world? What am I saying? What are my thoughts? If, if I'm not um, <clears throat> to get to that place where I'm doing that moment to moment, maybe that's not as easy at first. So it's, it's been in reflecting at the end of my day. Okay, and, and then it's, um, I guess my point is, is me being able to see another brother or sister as holy, really seeing the Christ within them, in my process is meant to see it within myself and begin forgiving myself um, for what I have thought has been an immortal sin, <laughs> all the things, right? And um, and just to give myself the time to do that, the precious time um, and compassion that is um, that grows over time for myself then I can <clears throat> see it in the other. I'm complete. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank, Thank you, Jennifer. Jennifer. Good morning, it's Lana. Um, well, you know, I, I'm just um, marveling at uh, that uh, uh, today's reading and especially the lesson um, I've been engaged in a lot of writing lately and um, I've been as a result I I've, I've been getting on the call a little late but um, it's it so matches up with the text readings and I don't read them until after my writing is finished for that day but um, you know this this lesson today points right back to something I was given in and remind, I should say reminded of that, um, and this can all, we say it so often that it almost becomes a cliche and we seldom stop to look at its deeper meaning. But, um, you know, Jesus says all, everything, all of our misery, all of our periods where we lose our peace is because of separation. It's a separation anxiety. And the remedy for that is the miracle and and Jesus you know tells us that miracles are shared between brothers so I have to make the decision to join in unity I must leave first I have to notice <laughs> am I at peace you know who am I is a, is a very vital question but before I can get to that I need to inquire on the condition of my mind Am I at peace? And the answer tells me everything I need to know. Because if I'm not in peace, I'm in a state of separation. And it just does feel like an anxiety. I'm lost, alone, frightened, um, disconnected from the truth of me. So to ask for a miracle is really is a decision to join in unity with my brothers. Then. I can see beyond their bodies to the Christ in them. In my state of separation, I can't 
see anything but my own reflections of a sick mind. And that shows up outside of me, of course, because that's where I projected, trying to get rid of it. But ideas never leave their source. I can't get rid of it except for healing. So the decision to join in a miracle and offer a miracle to my brothers is, is a return to wholeness. It's a return to the truth of me. And in that decision, which is inspired by love, um, it's expressed in love through the joining. The shift happens in that holy instant. It's done for me in my decision to join with my brother in unity. And then I become, I've lost, you know, I've left that desert of the mind that Jesus refers to in the Ur text. He says the only thing to do with the desert is leave. So I leave that desert of isolation and separation, and I choose to offer a miracle. And it's a miracle that extends out to the whole sonship because we're all part of that oneness. And in that decision, in that choice, which I just receive as, as a choice for love, the miracle is that expression and the miracle brings about the forgiveness that heals the mind through its shift in perception and i'm no longer in my wrong mind i'm in my right mind then i can see my brother i can see the christ that's not only in him but in myself i can i can remember our innocence as a child of god but I can't find that or see the truth of my brother or myself as long as I'm stumbling around in the desert of separation. You know, so it's, um, you know, for me, I go back to the basics, go back to the beginning. Am I at peace? And that just takes me down, points my mind in the right direction. It tells me where am I in relation to my truth and the truth of my brother. And then in unity, does the world show up? Does my brother show up as the innocence that it truly is? And my misidentification of self, my, my misperceptions of the world and my brother, they just fall away and fade away. And what's left is the peace and the light and the love that God is and whom I'm part of with all of you. <laughs> I'm complete. Thank you listening. Oh, that's a great process. Thank you. Thanks, Lana. Thank Very you. Very lovely. Great, Thank Lana. You, Lana. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Morning, this is Sandra. And my sight goes forth to look upon Christ's face. I think it says it really beautifully in the last part of the first paragraph, which is, um, I ask for the illusion which transcends all those I made. So it's just asking for a different illusion. I made an illusion of fear. And this book is giving me a way out of that fear and into another illusion, which they call the happy dream. Um, but it's all a dream. <laughs> Because, because I am spirit and, you know, spirit uh, is the life force and it 
differentiates itself through form, but if I identify with the form, which is if I'm identified with the, oh, I feel happy or I feel sad, because it doesn't matter. I'm innocent no matter what. Today I choose to see a world forgiven. That's my power of decision that Lana was talking about in which everyone shows me the face of Christ and teaches me that what I look upon belongs to me. So whatever I see in my brother is really what I see in myself, and I haven't healed it yet. That nothing is except your Holy Son, because that's the, the law of God. God says there's, there's nothing here but the Son of God. They may not know it yet that they're sons and daughters of God and children of God, they may see themselves as sinners, <laughs> but it's up, but I can bring that that forgiveness and and I love the reference from Jennifer about time because the purpose of time is for forgiveness for me I, i'm I've been a human doing, and um I want to get the job done, and so I made up this little ditty that the purpose of time is for forgiveness, not to get the job done. Because who cares about whether the job gets done or not? It's my frequency. It's, it's, am I giving off a frequency of love, gratitude, um, or am I giving off a frequency of fear and anger? And, you know, I have that choice, and God loves me no matter what. And, and the beauty of being able, when I'm in a place of fear, the beauty of being of having the privilege to recreate myself. I don't have to stay there. I can choose once again, like Lana was saying, and and recreate myself and 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 look within and and see where I need to make the correction. And just like Lana said, when when I choose to see the innocence and extend the love and the forgiveness. I am complete. When I choose to see the, the guilt, which makes me guilty, um, I'm frightened. I'm, I'm not having a very good experience. And for me, this is all about experience. I'm complete. That was very Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Andre. This is Fran again. Thank you. I have to leave really for memorial service for a friend of mine, but thank you guys so much today. You guys helped me so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, bless you. You helped me too, Fran. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Fran. You help us every day, Fran. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Fran. Bye, friends. Bye, sweeties. Best friends. <laughs> Bye-bye. Forever. <laughs> this is Jennifer. I wanted to just add something that was profound yesterday. I was <clears throat> experiencing, um, <clears throat> well, I still have hormones or, well, anyways, I'm going through the, the life change, uh, midlife as a woman. And I got real quiet. I just thought, okay, we just need to get real quiet. Because um, uh, 
anyways, um, can be really intense uh, for me. It's like you're be- I'm under attack <laughs> with the physical experience, and then the uh, the ego, and oh my gosh. So I just <clears throat> chose to really slow down, and because um, I I have the time, I just sat there and I started to just write a few lines in my journal, and I um and I I just thought um I, I get this chance now to release myself from everything, from all my trying to create from the little will opposed to uh, now my will more and more being in alignment with the God within me, uh, the God connected to you. And, And I just thought, oh my gosh, I, I have this opportunity midlife to uh, create my life with God. And in that, in that thought, I thought, oh, my God, this is complete freedom. Complete freedom. You know, <clears throat> when I experience uh, hormones and, um, uh, you know, just kind of under attack, I'm thinking I just want freedom when I get to the bottom of it. I don't even want to cry. I just want freedom. But I want this freedom every day. And um, just a deep, deep peace. And a, and, a, and a saying, like Lori says, so I've been told when she walks down her stair before this call, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know each step. And I think, yeah, I get to say, I don't know, but I'm going to come to know in my desire for the truth and complete freedom. Complete freedom. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with me. I pass. Oh, you touched my heart, Jennifer. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Good morning. This is Steve. Been listening. I really like Lana's share because it mirrors what I've been experiencing the last few days. Uh, we read in this morning group, I Need Do Nothing, the story of Helen freaking out during a storm and worrying about getting caught in an elevator. And the advice Jesus gave her was advice I needed to hear is I need do nothing. Now, lately, I've been putting things down, and I forget where I put them. And then I go on this frantic, determined uh, search. And yesterday, I got the opportunity to not see where I laid down my keys, and I just said, I need do nothing. So... What I did was I, I allowed the peace connection, the holy instant for just a second, and then it lasts, not, not according to the book passage we read, is it's a brief encounter, but then it, it lasts as if like the sunburn from the sun. It lasts afterward. And so I was able to 
remember to, I need do nothing. It was a call to be to be doing nothing because I'm a doer. And sure enough, the thing I walked and there it was. So it was very practical. This this course, and the the whole idea of my history of sitting in meditation for hours. No, this is a saving of time. I don't need to do that. I can just have it right now. There is this celestial speed up, I think, or whatever. In my life, I, I'm, I'm seeing a change where I don't have to try to get somewhere. And the key is I need to do nothing. Bam, I, I reach that place of peace. And it's challenging because, for instance, my phone stopped working, my cell phone. And I put the value of connection to my cell phone above the connection to my piece. It was a great realization. And so now when I start freaking over, because the phone still isn't resolved, I put God first. And that's when I put God first, peace first, it really makes a difference. Keys are found, and even if the key is not found, I'm at this connecting peace. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Steve. You're found. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, I'm found. That's what's important. Or I find. God's Steve, I love how you show up as a child, you know. It's just really fun. So glad to hear you on the call today. That's nice to hear. Thank you. Hey guys, I have a little um, something to share. Um, I don't know if you guys have Netflix or Amazon Prime. I think there's another outlet, but there's a, a series called The Chosen, and it's a beautiful depiction of the lives of Jesus and um, his followers and their relationship with each other, like a real would have been really like how they saw him and, and how um, he responded. And, oh, it's so good. It's a little slow the first episode or so, but work, just be patient, and you will, you will feel the, uh, the gems of those relationships portrayed in The Chosen. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you. I watched that. It's what I love about it um, is how it depicts Jesus's humanity as well as his divine nature in that merging of, in the course of love, it calls it the elevated, uh, what is it, the elevated self of form. And he just demonstrates that so perfectly. Thanks for reminding me. Let me go watch it again. <laughs> I think a new season's just starting. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. And, and just to, to trailer off what you just said at the end, you get to get a snapshot of when he's alone uh, feeling his emotions, his humanity, being in the body, but still seeking the truth and letting it wholeheartedly guide him. It's just wonderful. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Lana. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And what a what a privilege to be on this call every day, um, and to see as I have been seen. So to me, that's a real, real simple breakdown of Christ's vision: to see as I've been seen, and um, in the holy instant. You know, um, you can fly back to that place and time in your mind anytime you wish, you know, that place where truth is revealed to you and, and innocence lights up your mind. However that's experienced, um, it strikes me that the words uh, that uh, come to describe it grow out of it um, but it is entirely possible and the source of all happiness um, to let that experience light my mind in whatever circumstance I'm in and to re-experience again that home is a place where everything is a part of me Every everything is part of me. It belongs to me. It's my own. And uh, how can I hate or judge a part of myself? The miracle principle, I forget which number, but you know it. It's the one that says it's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive. It's the privilege of the forgiven. When I accept my own forgiveness, which is to say, accept the, he calls it a capital correction in this reading. Do you notice that? Not just a tiny correction, but I mean the correction. The correction of all my misunderstandings is in, in the nature of the holy instant, in the nature of accepting the atonement, in the nature of the restoration of communication with the Holy Spirit in my mind. And when I can um, 
You know, he says the holy instant is eternal. It contains everything that there ever is in that moment. Everything. All truth is in it. And from that perspective, I am forgiven and receive my own forgiveness, the knowledge that God never, ever, ever condemned me. So why would I condemn? You know, um, it seems so mysterious, like someone else's vision has to be looking out of my eyes, or with my body's eyes, I'm going to see something uh, astounding. But in my experience, it's not like that. It's like just truth. And today I was given two words, <laughs> um, two words for the day. And those two words are intent and liminal. And liminal isn't a word I toss around in my lexicon, you know, but um, I looked it up and a really good definition of liminal is a space where there's light or a threshold. Now I understand why I'm given that word. Because the acknowledgement that I myself, Lori, as a person, don't know the truth of anything I see is an invitation of the Holy Spirit to give me the truth. And that's all, you know, is liminal. Uh, one definition is threshold. And that reminds me of that beautiful poem of Rumi that says, the door is round and open. Beings are crossing back and forth between the worlds. Don't go back to sleep. That's where the word intent comes in. Intent, what is intent? But what I want, my purpose, my goal, my aim, my objective, uh, everything I want is, well, contained within the holy instant. But I want the holy instant now. You know, in my in my dark years where I was lost in grief, I was I was um, experiencing my own victimhood in the belief in unfairness that God would take something away from me that I loved, and I blamed Him. I didn't know I was doing all that, but I was certainly closing my eyes to light because I believed in condemnation. God shouldn't have done that. When that was lifted from me, um, it wasn't because of anything I did. It was because I was sick and tired. <laughs> I was just sick and tired of my own striving. You know, Christ's vision is a gift. It's It's the greatest it's the greatest gift there is. It's the source of all miracles. It's the recognition that I'm innocent and so is everything else. That everything is contained within the mind of God. And if I want a restoration, if I want to, if I want to take a bath in truth, why reveal lesson 56, 57, and 58 will take me there. Get sick and tired of the world I see. I'm sick and tired of 
looking at my darkness cast upon it. I'm sick and tired of looking into the eyes of grief. I'm sick and tired of blaming God. You know, whatever, whatever that agony is, you know, you know what it is. And it's how, it's how um, the holy instinct comes, you know. Not because I'm so very, very satisfied with everything. <laughs> uh, for me, it was because I was so dissatisfied with uh, looking at the darkness. And um, and then there's the holy instant. And so the words intent and liminal today go together in my mind. And they're just a perfect reflection of what he's talking about in paragraphs 28 and 29 and 30. If I want the truth if that's all I want if that's my intent then my mind moves out of the darkness into the liminal space the threshold the threshold where Holy Spirit can reveal the truth of anything to me and I remember once again it's the privilege of the forgiven to forgive I see as I have been seen. You know, there's a practice. <laughs> somebody, somebody, uh, Sarah talked about it the other day. A practice of welcoming. And it's also an expression of paragraphs 28, 29, 30. I welcome this thing. Whatever it is, I'm out of peace. I welcome it because my intention for peace my intention for truth will take me straight to that liminal space, that space of unknowing. You know, this this course in miracles is not about learning stuff. It's not. It's about it's about unlearning. It's about learning that I don't want the ego. I don't want anything it offers. It it makes me sick and tired. <laughs> I don't want it. And when that's what I don't want. And it's my intention for truth. Those two things together. Intention wakes me up. Takes me out of the fog. Now I'm awake and I can hear. I'm at the threshold of the unknowing where the known can be known to me. The perfection of all God's creation. And if I do that over and over and over again a lot of things happen trust oh boy do I learn to trust this process of intent and liminal space I learn to trust truth that will light my mind I learn that love is the nature of everything and that it's the only thing that makes me happy and you know what? The perfect thing about this space is that the only thing that can ever be increased is something I share. <laughs> uh, it never happens all by myself. It doesn't. It takes it takes somebody else with me. It takes it takes a mirror. In fact, lesson three hundred and four says perception is a mirror, not a fact. 
and when I realize the truth is the same for you and me, we do that every day on this call. We experience Christ's vision every day on this call with our ears. You know, isn't that something? It's right here under our nose. <laughs> it, it's no mystery, really. It's a combination of intent. What do I want? And truth that comes to fill the space I leave void of my own idea. That's forgiveness. And I experience once again the holy instant. This time it's shared because I recognize whatever situation I'm in is part of me, with me, in this same belonging and unity. <laughs> the fog is lifted. And the fog is lifted. I'm complete. <laughs> So beautiful. Oh, thank you, Laurie. That was such a gift. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, thank you, Laurie. Yeah, this is Lemoyne. Um, he states something very early in the work, that, and uh, I, I don't like the word work, but, you know, it's a lot of work for Helen to write it all down. Um, so it's a work in the sense of a literary work. Um, but... He states something very early. It's like our, the sole task is to accept the atonement for ourselves. And and then it, he just kind of drops it there. It's like, and it's like, well, what is that? And I see in the, the middle of the prayer here for the lesson, the method, a method offered for this, thing of accepting the atonement for ourselves, you know, to accept it, and it fits with this reading on the law of perception, to accept it and have it be something we have and can share, we have to want it. We have to want it there, right? And so... He says, I ask for the illusion which transcends all those I made. And this is this is forgiveness. This is why forgiveness is our function here until, you know, it just becomes natural and the world of strife and suffering and acquisition and lack... Um, fades away and uh, so you know the instruction goes on to say today I choose to see a world forgiven in which everyone shows me the face of Christ 
and teaches me that what I look upon belongs to me, that nothing is except your Holy Son. And this is a prayer for vision come to replace perception, a corrected perception that sees all as one and not in some abstract form, but in a form that, or not, not in a form, but in that full experience of being an integral part of the one and not at risk. And all cause for fear and judgment can just fade away. And, uh, yeah, just a, I'm so glad we read the both sections because in the joining of minds, it it states the restoration that's available in the acceptance of the atonement very, very clearly. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add except this thing of, uh, just to reinforce the, his restatement of perception's basic law could thus be said, you will rejoice at what you see because you see it to rejoice. And uh, you can let go of all the division and strife in the face of Christ. If you can get to the the vision, this vision will show us that every loving thought is true and everything else is a call for healing and help. That's what it is, no matter what the form. That's really all that's going on here. And so, um, this becomes a basis for real choice. Uh, in life and of life. And uh, I thank you all for being here, helping me get to to something I've thought for a long time. And it, it is a real joy to see this as the method of accepting the atonement. to simply ask for the illusion which transcends all those I made. It brings clarity to all those lessons that say, talk about forgiveness and our being our function. It's our function until it's no longer needed. And it's always there in the back pocket if we do. And I'm complete um, with that. Lori, do you have a, another one of your lovely poems to close the recording? You know what, Lemoyne, I do. Uh, I hadn't thought of it until 
just after listening to you. Give me one second, I'll find it. It's a poem from Meister Eckhart. It's a poem from Meister Eckhart called To See As God Sees. To see as God sees. It is your destiny to see as God sees. To know as God knows. To feel as God feels. How is this possible? How? Because divine love cannot defy its very self. Divine love will be eternally true to its own being. And its being is giving all it can at the perfect moment. And the greatest gift God can give is his own experience. Every object, every creature, every man, woman, and child has a soul. And it is the destiny of all to see as God sees, to know as God knows, to feel as God feels, to be as God is. Um, to that I give a wholehearted amen. I'm complete. Amen. Amen indeed. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thanks for asking. And thank you, Lori. And thanks for all who've been here on the call this morning. I'm going to end the recording, but not the call. Carry on towards the top of the hour, at least. And uh, thanks again. Yeah.